I'll say this for him, he's consistent. Well, he's been so consistent all year. Not to taste, consistency. Consistently, yes. Consistency! Thanks, losers. And we are back for another episode of the Fantasy Football Consistency Show. As always, here we are again this week. We just finished week two, heading into week three. And as always, uh, I'm Bob Lung from Big Guy Fantasy Sports. On the other side of the glass, though, is not Ron Rigney this week. Uh, Scheduling issues caused Ron to miss out on this week. But I got my favorite bro and good friend from Columbus, Ohio, Jeremy Bro and on the other side. Jeremy, how you doing, Brad? Great big guy. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me on. I'm, you know, looking forward to some football. It's good to have it back. Now, you are, um, why don't you tell everybody where you're from? I'm pretty sure it's Dynasty Trades HQ, but you're yeah. a dynasty guy. You're in a league with me, uh, a bunch of guys from Ohio, uh, mostly from Columbus. We meet in Columbus for the draft. Didn't get to this year, of course, uh, due to mm-hmm. this crazy disease shit. But anyway, um, but uh, always good to hang out with you. Uh, we always uh, hang out, smoke some cigars and whatever else happens to be there. Uh, which we did last time, so um, hopefully yep, drink soon some good we'll beers. get back down here. Yeah, hopefully we'll get down here again soon. Uh, my daughter yeah. did move, but across the street. So, it's Oh, good. really? Good, yeah. good. That's a great location, yeah. sure. Yeah, perfect location. So she's like, I'm going to move, Dad. I'm like, where are you going to move to? She goes, across the street. we got a two-bedroom. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, fine. That's great. Just so, make anyway. sure this time you get me a parking pass of some kind. Yeah, Or at least a we park will. where they won't take yes, me, please. right. Yeah, and not cost you <laughs> 50 bucks or whatever it was. So sorry about that. Anyway, so we're here to discuss what happened week two, which was just brutal MASH-type uh, for you old school guys out there, mash the the TV show where there's lots of injured people and lots of people just laying there on stretchers. That's what we saw this past weekend, yes. and we head into week three. Ugly now with all kinds of needs for replacements and who's going to play what and are they going to you know produce anything? Obviously, they're not going to produce at the levels of a CMC or Barkley or a Kittle or any right. of those kind of guys, but. You know, maybe there's some flyers out there. We'll take a look at those. But uh, it's funny you said who's playing where because there is a there's kind of some questions about who's going to play. And you just named one of those guys. And Christian McCaffrey is Curtis Samuel going to play wide receiver or is he going to step in and maybe do some running back because that's really how he started. You know, as that kind of option little guy. um, See, and that's where our dynasty dynasty knowledge comes out. and brings that up. I kind of totally forgot about that. But, yeah, um, you know, Mike Davis was a nice little runner uh, for Seattle. Yeah. A couple yeah. years ago before he moved on, um, you know. Kind of disappeared for a while. I forgot yeah, about him. I'm not yeah, saying. but not there, mean, was, there was like a four or five game stretch yeah. that he performed very well and, you know, looked like he might be worth something. And then he – He's jumped around since then, but you know now he's the backup to you know McCaffrey. Will be getting the starting role. You know, like you said, there may be some shifting with Curtis Samuel doing some things with him, but we'll see. But uh, you know, we'll have to we'll get to that. So, just for heading into this weekend, obviously uh, we'll just break it down. McCaffrey's out. We assume Mike Davis takes his place. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barkley's out. We assume Deion Lewis. They signed Devontae Freeman. I. Are we? Are we? Do we know? Is he playing this week? Have you? Heard? I still don't know if he is. I mean, I think okay. the, I think they were going to try to do that, but I know there's a period of time that you know the COVID test has to be given, mm-hmm. and then you know, and but 
they do a rapid test. I mean, right, I'm sure these sure, football right. players get the rapid test. So yeah, I don't sure. think that's that he has to quarantine. Some folks on Twitter were talking about that. I, I think if he's ready to play physically, they could use him. And, you know, he's more of a three-down back than really anyone there. I think Gallman's right. probably more of a three-down back in that system than Deion Lewis is going to be for you, but I like Deion Lewis. You know, um, he's he's had mm-hmm. success in the past. If it, uh, in the past, if they right. get him in the worked in the game, you know, in his passing chops, I think maybe he could have a nice week. But it's just guesswork. I don't right. know what they're going to do. Well, and the Giants this week get San Francisco, which usually is a tough defense, but they lost <laughs> half of their defensive line with Bosa and who's the other guy? I forgot. Their line, their uh, Bosa. You, I'm not an IDP guy. I oh, knew okay. Bosa was out because I, I is love it Forrest? Bosa. Is it, um, is it Buckner? Did he? Yeah, I, I didn't. Maybe, is he Buckner. hurt? That's, uh, that's a horrible was, take. I know that. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's IDP guys. We're not IDP guys. So I know they lost two guys in their <laughs> offensive line. Um, one of them was Bosa for sure. So you know, obviously they're decimated there. Um, they also lost Raheem Mostert. So yep. now we see, uh, and also uh, Tevin Coleman went down too. So they're down to basically Jarrett McKinnon and Jeff yep, Wilson Jeff Jr. Wilson. And they already fake. had receivers hurt. They, they've been banged oh, yeah. up. You know, Kittle's banged up and probably isn't going to play this week. Maybe probably he could. Right. But I'm just saying they well, already Samuel's have been a out. whole bunch right. of problems. Yeah. Such a great yeah. team. Yeah. High expectations, thought they'd compete, you know, in the NFC. And then all these injuries, I don't see how it's possible, Bob. Yeah. It's just it's, it's uh, mounting really poorly for them right now. Yeah, it's out of control. Michael Thomas is out. Um for New Orleans probably again this week. I think the most disappointing last week was the fact that I had a lot of shares of Emmanuel Sanders and was literally giddy about starting him, and he kind of just he did okay uh, more at the end. But, uh, yeah, he was he didn't do as well as I thought he would. But uh, so he, Yeah, you let know. down a lot of people. I know that yeah. others had high expectations too, not just you. Plenty yeah. of people. We're right. hopeful. So yeah. we'll see if that gets any better this week. Um, some of the leagues I have to start Sanders because I really don't have much else there. Um, so that's that's a lot of what's going on this week. Um, you know, a lot of things have happened. Um, now, so let's just move right on into the quarterbacks as we do every week. We kind of go through each position. Uh, you know, last week, Prescott, number one guy for fantasy Obviously, the Atlanta Huge. Falcons just cannot stop anybody defensively, especially passing. Uh, that's back-to-back weeks now that they've, you know, had to. They've had games, you know, in the 30s and 40s, uh, yeah. and, and that's a great thing. So, you know, uh, Prescott obviously did not earn a clutch game though in Week One. So that's the kind of things we might be running into with them. But, you know, as we go down the list. I know you're a dynasty guy, so you know these players. So I thought maybe we'd even focus a little bit more towards those kind of guys because you've got that knowledge and I don't. So, you know, I could pick your sure. brain. I'll try. So yeah. <laughs> you bet. We all know Joe Burrow's a god. He's from Ohio, so he must be a god. He was from Athens, Ohio, <laughs> which makes it even better. Uh, yeah. We wish we wish he was a Cleveland Brown, but he's a Cincinnati Vegas. So that's close enough. Put up You're some right. We do wish he was. I'm not kidding. That's no. Great. I definitely wish he was. Um, I would trade Burrow for for Baker tomorrow and twice on sure. Sunday. I'd even add extra to it just yeah, to make sure. I'd, you know, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. We just give him. We'll give him him and Hunt, and you give us Mixon and. <laughs> in Mayfield or, or, or Burrow. Anyway, so Burrow, I, you know, somebody asked me this question. I was actually on a podcast earlier in the week during the day uh, at noon one time. And so their question to me was, 
Um, is Joe Burrow going to continue to be a wide a quarterback one or basically top twelve on a on a on a weekly basis going forward? You know, do, do did I see consistency in it? And I said, well, absolutely. Uh, if he doesn't die before the end of the year from the oh, number I know. of sacks, that line is terrible. They're going to get him killed. I got. I mean, if Cleveland is running over these guys, woof, they're in trouble. And it wasn't like Miles Garrett was running over them. It was like right, Sheldon Richardson right. was running over them. So yeah, it's very porous. I mean, so unbelievable. If he can stay healthy, <laughs> yeah, I think he could put up the numbers because he's going to have to. The, the, the defense is not going to keep them in games. Um, you know, they were so they've got to do everything they can. Um, your thoughts on Joe Burrow going forward? I, I I would not be surprised to see him be a top twelve, top fifteen fantasy quarterback by the end of the year. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely expect him to be a top half quarterback. I mean, he he's good. He he's well prepared. And he's smart. He's savvy. He can get you know yards running if he has to. But he is a pocket passer. He's looked really good. I know it was a bit shaky, but even given that that line is so terrible, I think he's the real deal. I mean, I, I was certain of it coming into the to this, and I have no problem starting him in a super flex as my second quarterback. I absolutely do not. And it's going to probably be likely this year where I own him that I have to do that, given how many injuries we've already seen through two weeks <laughs> right. of football. I am right. probably going to. So I'm fine doing that. Absolutely, Bob. I think. He also seems like a kid that would probably be a, a consistent performer, like the mm-hmm. the prep that he puts in and, right. and just the way he plays football. I don't. I mean, you know, he's going to make some mistakes this year, especially he's a rookie. But um, he sh- he certainly looks like he's able to get rid of the ball quickly and deliver right. accurate strikes. He's using the tight ends as you'd expect, and, mm-hmm. and and you know, not the running backs enough. I think if they worked in the running backs, he might not get. Yeah, I was kind of surprised how little Joe Mixon is involved in the passing game. I mean, they used Giovanni Bernard, which I thought he was like 105 years old, so I'm surprised (laughs) he's still out there. But yeah, yeah, it's like, why are you not using Joe Mixon? This guy's great in the open field. But anyway, um, so, okay, I I kind of agree. You know, I'm certainly in agreement with that as well. Uh, So what are the new guys that popped in this week? You know, we always – kind of had that over under before the rookie quarterbacks take over we all knew that obviously burrow was going to take over from day one when they let go and, and you know let andy dalton mm-hmm. fly mm-hmm. the coop uh justin herbert we weren't sure we weren't sure if he was ready we weren't sure if tyrod taylor was you know going to step down or or not be productive but all it took was a jab to the lung with the by the doctor uh you know because i don't know how big needles they're using to shoot Novocaine or painkillers into your ribs. But for God's sakes, if it's long enough that it punctures a lung, I'm wondering if they stole this from like the Acme company from, you know, Bugs Bunny cartoons. Right. I wouldn't be surprised. Their doctors, their, their staff there is uh, definitely questionable. They, they've had problems in the past. I don't know where they hire their doctors from, but I don't even think they're using, you know, like the uh, websites like monster or something. How do you apply for a job there? (laughs) The Dr. Vinny Bumbaz, which is, uh, you know, an old uh, Roddy Dangerfield thing. I love Roddy Dangerfield. Yeah, so Dr. Vinny Bumbaz sticks a needle right through the lung of Tyrod Taylor because, you know, hey, if we want to get Justin Herbert to start, there's no reason to hurt anybody's feelings and just bench Tyrod Taylor and put him in. Now nah, we'll just stab him in the lung. That would be much now, better. Now, fun. you know, we have an excuse. We can keep him out of the game. Poor guy. Right. Dodges covid you know, right. re- refrains from getting injury and, right. uh, you know, fends off Justin Herbert, which, you know, maybe that's not a big deal, but he still did it. And then the doctor's like, hey, I'm going to puncture your lungs so you can't right. play. I mean, come on. Ridiculous. Why don't you just push him down the stairs? At least yeah. make it look like an accident, you know? 
for goodness sakes. Anyway, so Justin Herbert comes in, puts up 26, almost 26 and a half fantasy points, uh, which was a very nice game for him. Ernie McClutch game this week. Um, you're the dynasty guy. I know that uh, you have kind of a man crush for Justin. So why don't you talk about him and what you think uh, his future looks like here for the chargers. And is it going to benefit the other guys? I think the best thing out of all this was the fact that Austin Eckler started catching the ball out of the backfield again. What a great idea. After one catch for three yards in week one, Justin Herbert throws it to him six times for 55. That's the Austin Eckler I drafted. Yeah, it's worked Thank for you, years. We should probably get away from yeah. it. <laughs> With, and Tyrod likes to throw down the field. You know, I like Tyrod, the player. He's right. he's done. He's a career backup. Um, unfortunately, that's that's just, you know, the proof is in the pudding, and, and he's a career backup. He's a guy right. that, can, that can play, you know, give you some weeks and even come off the bench and play. And speaking of coming off the bench, that's the thing about Herbert. He didn't know he was playing. He didn't get reps as a starter all week. Right. You know, did the same thing he's done preparing this entire time, you know, coming up to this game. Comes in green, you know, as a mm-hmm. rookie quarterback and puts right. a game up like that. Uh, that's highly encouraging. Obviously, you you know, you know that. And he People did it against quite, Kansas City, which I know is not yeah, the best is, pass defense, but it's still right. a lot of pressure, you know, to keep up Absolutely. with that. That's a good team. You know, their offense is able to score pretty much at will, and their mm-hmm. defense is out there a lot. But um, it's it's encouraging. A, a lot of dynasty folks were down on him, so I was able to get him later in drafts where I was picking in most of them or trade in and get nice. him. Um, you know, here's a kid who was um, you know elite at multiple sports. He was like the best player on his team: baseball, basketball, mm. football. You know, chose football. Right. Huge guy, huge arm. Um, pretty smart kid, but he played at Oregon and Oregon was kind of a mess. Um, and I don't want to say they're like the Florida Gators mess, but still different coaches, different offensive coordinators, not knowing what they're going to do. They didn't look the same week to week. He looked, he showed enough is what I want to say to prove that he could play in the NFL. And then this game now this year, consistency, I don't know, but if he's a starter, people that own Justin Herbert are going to have to roll him out at some point because of injuries. So absolutely you have to have him on your roster at this point and, and get ready for that. And, you know, I, I don't know if he'll be consistent like Joe Burrow, but after that first week, I'm not going to say no. Right, exactly. And this week, you know, he plays against Carolina. Um, you know, he's going to get New Orleans. He's going to get the Jets, Miami, mm-hmm. Jacksonville, the Raiders. I mean, a lot of nice defenses. I mean, at this point, would you trade him for him and trade, let's say, a Drew Brees, who is not necessarily setting the world on fire at this point, um, for your, you know, for this season. I mean, obviously, Dynasty is a whole different world, but if you know, would you go? I, I mean, I, I'm kind of wondering if it doesn't make some sense. You know, um, Brees is, you I know, the Saints are winning. Brees, yeah, I mean, and if you're a team that's kind of questionable, maybe you've had some bad luck so far, you know, early on, and and really your only hope is to shake shake the trees and see what comes out. Um, why not? Uh, Breeze, yeah, yeah he, he's looking kind of washed. They do have Winston there. It's, it, I, I'd say, you know, maybe that's a risk, but you, you have to take risks sometimes. So if you're, mm-hmm. if you're down to Drew Brees and Herbert is named the starter and, and we continue to see him going forward, I don't think that's a bad trade. Now, in Dynasty, no one's going to give you Herbert for Brees. No, as, right, know. exactly, uh, right, yeah. <laughs> nobody that's even going for the, for the, you know, cup, so to speak, the, the sure. trophy this year would do, would do it. But, um, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with that. That's risky, but you know, risks pay off too. Maybe you right. win, you know, maybe you get to the playoffs, uh, with Herbert. 
Yeah, no, definitely. All right, well, let's move on to the running back position. We had 31 guys in a clutch game. That's higher than our usual 24, but scoring uh, is yeah. way up. So I don't know if you saw this stat the other day. I got, I actually get an NFL-like daily email of information, and um, I did not know this until I saw this, but the first two weeks of the NFL season this year, there were more touchdowns and more total points scored than ever in the history of the NFL Crazy. in the first two weeks. Uh, yeah. The last time was two years ago, 2018. I kind of remember when that happened, uh, but it it shattered that. It beat the points by over 100, and I forget Incredible. what the touchdown totals were. But, yeah, so, you know, if you're out there like I am in some of my leagues scoring buttloads of points, <laughs> like the Ohio Fantasy draft or fantasy football league that we're in together yeah the, I've watched, OHF. Yeah, the ohff yeah. here i've watched two teams back to back put up over 200 points against me in a league there if you can score 150 to 160 you're having a good week no no I've, I've given up 200 points twice so so there's a lot of points being scored and uh they're all against me so basically that's how it's working out uh <laughs> yeah you have a pretty decent team too i have I a good team yeah yeah earlier. so um, and it's happened to me in my Kings Classic League. I've been the second highest scoring team in, in the one division. I think it's the Snake Division. Two weeks in a row and lost Whoa. to the guy who scored the most points. Just so wanna, I'm, so just I'm, second, I'm the highest scoring team in the do. league. I'm the highest scoring team in the league, and I'm 0-2. So there's that. Sorry, uh, that's that's It's all good. Yeah, I, You know what? It's about consistency. Like I said, it'll, it'll come through because my team will keep scoring those points. And then yeah, in sure. like six weeks, I'll be four and two and then totally forget about that start. Anyway, yeah, so no, you're scoring a lot of points. That's just bad luck. Um, yeah, head to head, right. don't have yeah, the, happens. the points happens. Um, calculated. So they're not, they're just taking the head to head. So yeah, you, yeah. you absolutely have to ride that out. But so many injuries to like big time players well, that's that it. I'm like, you you, know, I'm not scoring the kind of points I should be because I have three or four studs not able to play. And right. so, you know, I'm putting guys in that can't possibly score as many points and it's just, right. I'm used to having injuries, but just not to so many key players. Yeah, luckily, I didn't have Barkley in too many leagues. I didn't have mm-hmm. – I think I had McCaffrey in a couple. Um, you know, most of the time, one, I didn't usually get the top four pick. And if I did, but usually around three or four, I was always taking Zeke or Kamara. So, you know, so luckily I haven't gotten to pick one or two. I'd probably be in a lot of trouble. Uh, but anyways, we moved towards the uh, – like I said, the quarter – the running back position – Obviously, with you know a lot of guys like McCaffrey did score big, got hurt, uh, you know, and that's what you want, isn't it? I, you want to be greedy. You want to be like, look, McCaffrey, <laughs> if you're going to get hurt, at least score 25 points, 24.8 points, and then go down and then get perfect. hurt. Yeah, at least you got your week. Unlike Saquon Barkley, who scored 2.4 points and then got hurt, you at least so at least have the common decency. To at least make it through the game, if you're going to tear something for the rest, you know at least Damn earn it, me Saquon. A... Yeah, yeah, right. How I rude, own him on three right? teams only. I How own rude. him three, in three places, and I Ridiculous started him, of rude. course, in all three. Right. Yes. And, right. Yeah. I probably um, lost all three. I'd cry, so I didn't look. <laughs> but the amazing thing is, so many new running backs now to choose from. If you got some of them, Deion Lewis, Mike Davis, all earned a clutch game. Jarrett McKinnon. Uh, you know, Antonio Gibson, well, he was from a different team. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I guess the key is is that a lot of running backs are scoring points. So that's a yeah. good thing. 
Um, you know, some of these teams are kind of messy, like the Rams and, uh, you know, the, well, obviously 49ers with Mostert going down. That was probably the biggest kick in the nuts for me. You know my man crush for Mostert is just off the charts. I had in so many leagues. Must start um, Mostert. Yeah, you know, he's and a little player. Yeah, and he was, you know, busted off two big plays here in back-to-back games. Like I said, at least he had common decency to get me 18.7 points before he went down. So I appreciate that. Thank you very much, Ray. Yes. <laughs> um, but, you know, guys like Miles Gaston, who's going tonight against Jacksonville, you know, all of a sudden it's like these young kids. You, what do you know about this Miles Gaston uh, as a dynasty guy or just as a, a running back? I mean, they got Jordan Howard. They have Matt Breida. And all of a sudden this kid comes out of nowhere. Probably not they to you. He came out of nowhere. But to us, nah. to the normal folk, he came out of nowhere. And he had 14.2 fantasy points, uh, catching a lot of passes out of the backfield. I assume that's going to happen again tonight. Uh, playing Jacksonville, you know, there's really not a lot of defense on either side of the ball. What can you tell us about Miles Gaskin going forward? Well, really good little player out of uh, Washington. You know, um, I believe, you know, Seattle had some uh, like for him, you know, he's in Miami though. He, he made it to the, you know, to, to the sun down there in Miami and was virtually written off really. I think in, you know, definitely in dynasty too, maybe you had him at the bottom of your roster. Like I did, I actually right. cut him in a couple places, hmm. you know, seeing that he was at the bottom of, um, you know, the running back depth chart. Sure. And then, yeah, he, he surprised me too. I mean, I kept him in places where I could um, or kept him still on the taxi or whatever, because right. I like him as a running back. Um, I don't think he's anything super special, but as far as consistency goes, if you're looking at that, which I know you do, I mean, he mm-hmm. was a very consistent collegiate running back. Um, you know, a lot of yards, a lot of, you know, really good college running back. And, you nice. know, I think it, the Debbie guys thought that, sorry, the Debbie owners thought that he might be something special. Didn't all work out, but you're certainly talking about a capable running back. I want whoever's starting for Miami. Um, surprised, you know, really with Jordan, that Jordan Howard isn't playing more that Breda with that speed, they're right. not doing sort of a, a thunder and lightning with Howard, who's always been a steady Eddie. Mm-hmm. He got way too much flack too. people like, but he was pretty steady. Like he'd get you the, the, the short yardage and right. you know, nothing super exciting, but he, he had a good career. He's never been a terrible running back, but people treat him like that. Like he's garbage or something like right. ah, Jordan yeah. Howard, whatever. Um, he's always sort of outperformed his ADP. So you have him and Breda, and it did seem at the time like anybody else was an afterthought, including Gaskin. So I'm as surprised as you and, and you know anybody else who <laughs> who, who you right. know is wow. I have to pick up Miles Gaskin. He was on a lot of waiver wires, especially in shallower leagues. Um, but yeah, I don't know what to expect from him or what Miami's doing. But I know from his college career that he can be a you know the a three down back. He can be the guy to lead you know the running back room if called upon. And it seems like he's been called upon certainly was pretty consistent in college. Right. Um, Well, let's stay with that Jacksonville Miami game just for a minute. And we'll, we'll keep talking about dynasty guys because here's a guy that wasn't even drafted. And all of a sudden he's a star running back for Jacksonville. It's not Leonard Fournette. It's not Rykel Armstead who went out for COVID. It's James Robinson. So tell us a little bit about James Robinson, why he wasn't drafted, and why he's all all of a sudden a uh, stud running back in Jacksonville. I can't tell you why he wasn't, you know, drafted. And people, you know, they're like, "Where did he play football?" And you, you know, Illinois State, Illinois, no, Illinois State. Oh, I mean, okay. he was he was, you know, a right. record-setting running back. I mean, right. he he was the real deal. Another Is that D2 guy, D two or D three. 
Oh my God. Uh, D three, I believe. Um, so you're talking about a really, really small, you know, school, but that's not the point. He was a good running back. And we've seen guys like that succeed. Um, yeah, we've had kids come out of Mount union, you know, PR, PR Garcon was at a Mount union and played for a number of years in pros. It can happen. Certainly. Yeah, and and at the running back position, you know, to I mean, say what you want to about competition, they they're able to um, you know, take the ball and run with it, so to speak. The thing is, maybe he was kept around and Fournette was even more expendable because they, you know, Jacksonville came out and said, "Hey, James Robinson is doing great." And they said, hey, he's going to be our starting running back or he's at the top of the depth chart. People laughed. I mean, they were making jokes about it as if Jacksonville was lying about that. And then they rolled him <laughs> right. out there. He didn't get a lot of carries, but, you know, he did get 100 percent of them. And he played in, you know, there was a crowded backfield. Nobody really knew who was going to become the lead back. Um, he looks really good. And, um, you know, nobody saw that coming. That's fine. But um, I think they just kind of forgot that Jacksonville was really high on him. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure how it played out in most redraft leagues, but in Dynasty, he was still on most waiver wires when mm-hmm. this all was going wow. down. Uh, week one, anyways, right, before sure. week one, after week one, he was still out there. Um, but he had a great career in college, you know, total underdog. He mm-hmm. looks better and better every week. I think one of the key things for this kid is that He's a really good blocker, and mm. they say he can recognize you know blitzes, so he can pick nice. up the blitz. So he's not a liability when he's not being right, handed which the is ball. huge. If you talk to you know quarterbacks, and you know anytime it's rookies, it's usually they're they're not playing because they they're not very good at picking up the blitz. Yeah, so, so I think he's fine, and that, you know he's maybe not that guy that you want to spend all your money on and everything you have to try to acquire him, uh, except that you know. Two weeks now, he's proven, you know, that he's been worth it. Um, he certainly wasn't expensive. Uh, so yeah, uh, you know, you got the starting gig. That's a high volume gig, is the thing too. That you want, you want the Jags starting running back. So anybody that goes out, it's another one of those risks. Like along with you know trading Breeze or someone for Herbert, you know, acquiring James Robinson. Way back when we were, you know, rookies at playing in this game, you know, we were doing the same things with Terrell Davis, right, and Kurt All Warner. Right. Sure. And stuff where people are like, what? And, um, you know, <laughs> right. things are a lot more advanced now, but the same thing holds true for these kind of guys. And we missed some of this, right? Because we didn't have preseason football. Right. We didn't get right. a lot of reports like we used to get. So James Robinson definitely, you know, came out of right field. Right. Definitely. No, good analysis. And thank you for your, your, your dev knowledge. Because uh, I definitely don't have that. I mean, like, I don't know where this guy came from. <laughs> you have to like playing uh, rolling dice or uh, playing craps to be a Debbie person because most yeah. of those guys never pan out. But you know right. so much about them generally that right. you can actually, you know, you know, pick and choose. It's fun to just kind of choose the one, the guys that you like the best. Sure. No, that's cool. All right, well, let's move on to the wide receivers. And again, here's a, here's a position that I think has a lot of people scratching their heads and not just because of injuries. We know Michael Thomas has been hurt. Uh, you know, that's certainly been, but you know, Calvin Ridley back to back weeks, he was number two last week, number one this week. He is in first place, total fantasy points by 15 points already after the first two weeks. That's amazing. What's even more amazing yeah. is that Julio Jones is not getting anything. Well, he did week one. Last week, he only had two catches for 24 yards. So uh, for those of you waiting for the Julio Jones takeover by Calvin Ridley, it's happened, kids. It's here. Yeah. Um, no doubt about it. Um, you know, It's going to be interesting to see if Julio 
stays healthy. He's already mentioned that he's not running as you know as as well because of some injuries. So uh, it's going to be interesting. And on top of that, throw in that, then this Russell Cage kid who is coming right in and also filling in and getting you know Zern two straight clutch games as well in both of his games again. Atlanta's pass defense is awful, which means their pass offense has to be good to, mm-hmm. to keep them in the games, um, at least they, through the first two weeks. Um, this past week, Stefan, yeah, I, I think another big surprise, and, you know, maybe this kid has turned the corner. Let's hope so. But how about Stefan Diggs really turning it on in Buffalo? Um, after his attitude problems in Minnesota, I really wrote this kid off. I really felt like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a disaster. It's not going to work out. You know, him, you know, Josh is too erratic and he's going to start calling him out. Mm-hmm. And nope, completely opposite. These guys are both clicking. In fact, the whole Buffalo offense is clicking. Uh, John Brown is earning clutch games just like he did last year. Uh, if you read the consistency guide, I said, don't forget about him. He's still out there. A lot of people did, but yeah. Yeah, um, did. he's doing well. Uh, heck, Cole Beasley, I think, has been you know, nicely getting 11 to 12 points a week as well. So that whole Buffalo offense is on fire. Uh, that is a big surprise to a lot of us. Um, and on the other side of it, you know, we've got issues in Tampa Bay where Mike Evans was hurt in week one, didn't play much. And now Chris Godwin was that week too. Um, you know, mm-hmm. so that hasn't been going well. Uh, Tom Brady got called out by Bruce Arians um, um, because, you know, that's Bruce Arians and he <laughs> He doesn't give an F about anybody. So silly, um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's just been a really weird. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, a lot of people, including myself, oh, well, you know, we don't know how he's going to click with Kyler Murray. I don't know if they'll throw enough to him. Nope, that's not a problem. He's still getting his 10 to 15 targets a week. So, like I said, a lot of stuff. Uh, some expected, some not expected. A lot of wide receivers. Like you said, there's been the highest number of points scored in the first two weeks, highest touchdowns in the first two weeks. So needless to say, uh, the wide receivers and quarterbacks are way, way high in fantasy points. Um, You know, our cutoff for um, wide receivers is around 10.5, 10.6 fantasy points, uh, somewhere around that. Maybe a little over 11, 45 wide receivers usually – it's around 36, basically a starting lineup. And so first two weeks have both been over, I think, in the mid-40s. Uh, it's actually raised the clutch factor, and it's mm-hmm. they're still over. So the clutch factor is even higher than it has been in the past, but doesn't matter if they're still clicking them out there. Uh, like I said, a lot of uh, young kids that I haven't heard of uh, that, that I thought, again, since you're on, I want to kind of highlight those guys. I normally don't talk about it because they're not my specialty. But like uh, a kid like Braxton Berrios, uh, talk about him playing for the Jets, uh, where he came from. What are your thoughts on him? I really don't know a lot about Braxton Berrios. Okay. I'm not even going to pretend. I know he's a, he's a little guy, you know, a, a slot guy, and he's going to take the place of at least, well, um, Jamison Crowder is out of the lineup. Um, right. You know, he's very capable. Definitely a, a hot waiver wire pickup this week, though not as hot as I expected because there's still a lot of leagues where he's on the wire, which, mm. you know, I think people are just down on that team altogether. Uh, you know, they're not, you know, they're, they're just down right. on that offense yeah, com- right. completely. And it's too bad because Sam Darnold, I think, is could be a really good quarterback. But, you know, it's a little guy, right? The, the, the Patriots liked him enough. That's where, you know, he kind of – 
people were excited that you know he was going to be a patriot and he's probably going to be the next slot guy right he's going to mm-hmm. be a, the next julian edelman and you know things change quickly and you know he's bounced bounced over to the to the jets now it seems like the patriots and jets <laughs> and that whole division likes to like trade players it's a, a lot it's of embryo kind of it really is like a <laughs> bastardized thing going in there but you know a six-round draft pick um was a decent football player at, you know, Miami of Florida. I, I don't right. know that much about Braxton Berrios. He really okay. wasn't on my radar as a, right. as a Debbie guy. I knew the name, but he wasn't someone that I ever owned. Um, I'll tell you if he, you know, if he plays well, you know, it, it, that's great. But it, once Crowder's back, you know, I think that's Crowder's right. job. So he's really sure. simply a fill in until Crowder's back. And that offense is such a mess I don't really know how many players you want to own from the New York <laughs> right. Jets. But they're always losing. I always feel like, you know, those garbage yeah, time-wide receivers can always be helpful. So let's move right down the list. Number 16 this past week at 17.8 fantasy points. Another young kid. Um, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens, they're both in our division, which are the Browns, uh, AFC mm-hmm. North. And every year these guys seem to be really good at picking oh. good players. In fact, it's almost absurd how every year these guys – and one thing that Pittsburgh is outstanding at is picking wide receivers. Now they've got this kid, Chase Claypool, already second week, 17.8 fantasy points. Um, I know he's definitely a uh, you know dynasty guy, uh, already starting to you know create waves. And that's with Deontay Johnson there and Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, they have – you know, they have, and James Washington. So they have all this talent. And Chase Claypool even still comes through. Tell us a little bit about Claypool and what do you what do you see for him in Pittsburgh? Yeah, I mean Juju's doing well. Deontay Johnson, I'm a big fan of his. You know, mm-hmm. guy from Toledo here, in, uh, right, right, right in Ohio. Um, right, great player. It, it, they're all doing okay. Still getting the love. Still getting points. You know, just like you said. And then e- Eric Ebron really isn't doing that much right, right. at the tight end right. position. It seems like Claypool's kind of getting the the tight end love. People talked about that before. This you know big kid, mm. good in the end zone. He was somebody that I steered clear of though. I, I kind of hate to say stuff like that, but oh, he wasn't a guy that I. Talk- targeted or went after I didn't really have high hopes for him you know this kid out of Notre Dame I and so far he does look the part I mean as a rookie in his first game he looked pretty good and then the second game and he does well um you know and you know he can play a multitude of positions he's a big determined tough kid so I'm not going to take anything away from him I am really though kind of surprised that this started so soon I knew Mm -hmm. Juju was going to get it you know I knew Deontay Johnson expected more James Washington um honestly um so so I really don't know what to say other than you know if he's on your waiver wire that's a problem he definitely shouldn't be there anymore um but yeah Claypool looks the part there are a lot of people if you just scan Twitter who love Chase Claypool I mean like like he has his own fan club he had it coming into the league so um but yeah I don't have a whole lot to offer but he he certainly shut me up about thinking he was overrated (laughs) because I did I really did right all right, let's move on to the tight end position. And this is another position that has been scoring a lot of points. Again, we expect about 10 clutch games a week from the tight end position, which is a, basically a starter in a 12 team league. Um, yeah. And the last two, and for back to back weeks, we've had uh, 16 and 17. This week was 16. And that's with, and here's the amazing thing. So mm-hmm. the quality game factor or the clutch game factor adjusts 
quite quite a quite a bit early on because it's taking the average and, and dividing it out between the number of teams and, and players and that. So yeah, it makes like sense that it would be better. The it's a, more yeah, games it's a little. It's a little. At, yeah, there's a lot size, of fluctuation yeah. early in the season. Sure. Um, okay. Usually, running backs in a PPR is around 11 points. Usually, wide receivers are around 11 points, um, and it fluctuates, like I said, between 10 and a half, 11 and a half. But and tight ends are usually around nine, because usually, okay. if you can catch a touchdown a tight end is going to earn a clutch game because they're usually going to have, you know, one catch for five yards and a touchdown and they get, you know, 7.5 or eight or whatever the case may be. You're describing Nick Boyle of the Baltimore Ravens. He's on the field the whole game. Right. But through the first two weeks, the tight end positions clutch game factor is 11.32. It's literally higher than both the wide receivers and the running backs right now. I have never seen this in the history of me producing this data. Yeah. <laughs> have I seen tight ends clutch factor this high? It, yeah. And yet, even with the 11.32, uh-huh. 16 tight ends earned a clutch game. So there were 16 over 11.5 points. Uh, it's just yeah. amazing to me that there's this many tight ends are scoring this many points. Um, I, you know, When I put out the guide, I had put out – that I felt that I that I showed that the data showed mm-hmm. that there was a lot more depth at tight end coming into this year uh, after yeah. last year having we talked about that yeah, yeah right and so I was expecting some depth this is out unbelievable now will it keep up it's hard to tell uh, because there's still a lot of fluctuations here's the here's the twist of this though uh-huh. after two weeks there are only five tight ends who have two are two for two. In clutch games, one okay. of them is Travis Kelsey. If Not you could surprised. name, yeah. if you could even <laughs> name one of the other four, I'd be shocked. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and let me think for a second. One of the, um, wow, I don't think Hawkinson would be on there, though he's young. Noah Fant, um, Gasecki, Noah Fant is one. those are guys that are doing well. Uh, younger guys. Noah Fant to think is one quick. of them. Jono Smith. Jono Smith is one of them. I'm um, racking my brain to come up um, yeah. with with tight ends across there because well, I, I, I won't be fill in a so lot of Hunter Henry is the other one. Okay, and, wouldn't have got and, it. Yeah, which he hasn't put up like big big points. He's been around fourteen fifteen each week. Um, okay. And the other guy here's the one who really blew away. The other guy which you never would have got is Jordan Aikens, the backup no, tight end like for him. Houston. Yeah, <laughs> not a backup much longer, man. I've right. been waiting yeah. for that guy to break out and do something since he was drafted and. They keep playing all their other tight ends, and I was like, "Well, maybe it's just a you know a done deal." But even right. more than other positions where people give up too soon in dynasty on them, mm-hmm. um, tight end you have to have a lot more patience because it does take those guys a while. The the benefit sure. is they tend to play into their thirties, um, right. and you know you don't expect good play out of wide receivers and running backs for sure at that time. But um, I, I'm not surprised to hear his name, but I wouldn't have guessed Henry or Akins. And you're right. There's just more talent at the tight end right. position now that right. has to feed into this. There's more depth. There's better better players, uh, better conditioned players, guys that are worked in the passing game, and offenses are using them more. So right. it's just you look at the rankings, and you're like, man, I can get a tight end, no problem. Mm-hmm. And somebody gets hurt, next man up. I mean, look at Dalton Schultz. No, he's basically – you know right. what the other guy was supposed to be? Blake Jarwin. <laughs> yeah. Blake Jarwin. Yeah, he's <laughs> right, what right. everyone wanted Blake Jarwin to be, I think. And uh, I, I'm a Schultz fan, but it took him being the second guy and, you know, his 
predecessor getting hurt for him to actually be, you know, show what he can do because he's a, a very, um, you know, multidisciplinary player. You know, diverse. Right. He can play a different, you know, the the fullback. But it's really cool when we play this game, fantasy football, that we have all these options and that mm-hmm. there there is this depth. Because remember, tight end used to be oh, such a pain in the butt yeah, to try to have find like guys. three or four of them. You were done. They you were didn't just, get a top yeah. tight end. Yeah, yeah, it was garbage. Um, so yeah, definitely being used more. Um, so I assume you watched the Browns Bengals game the other night last Thursday, correct? I did, and I don't watch them all. You know, sometimes right. I'm working in the evening and stuff. So I sat on the couch um, and watched that, and I was working a little bit, and I watched most of that game, which I don't, right. you know, the Browns, you just kind of half ass watch it. <laughs> right. They but it was play. an exciting game, and, you it know. Was. Um, so one of the things that jumped out at me in that game, and I picked him up in every league that I could grab him, was Drew mm-hmm. Sample. Um, yeah. You know, this guy scored 11 and a half. He had seven catches for like 45 yards in less than a half because Uzuma went down. And Uzuma already had four catches for 50 yards. So they combined for 12 catches for 100 yards between the tight ends. And I went, if they're going to throw the ball that much to the tight ends, Joe Burrow, that I'm grabbing Drew Sample because I have Jack Doyle in some leagues. I've had, you know, some guys that just weren't doing well. Um you know, I had George Kittle, and then, you know, I, I couldn't get oh, yeah. Jordan Reed in time. So I picked up Drew Sample, and I'm hoping that he can, you know, be my uh, tight end fill-in for a couple of weeks until some of my guys get back. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think thought he, he looked really yeah. good. The, Burrow's using the tight end, you know. Um, they were doing well at that position, and that next guy up, and they're going to use Sample. So that's a that's a good pick. Um, everybody thought that was going to be the, the guy to own, but during through the first two weeks, it didn't seem like that until, you know, Uzama went down. It's, yeah. it's tough. Good for you, man. I didn't get him in enough places. I, I'm not, <laughs> yeah, not well, lucky enough to have well, him. Well, I put out a, a substantial bid for a tight, you know, I, again, I, it was one of those things where like, I'm just going to get this kid because with all the injuries, I, you know, you got to get somebody that at least looks like he's going to get the ball. And, you know, yeah, like yeah. I said, if I would have watched it and he would have had, three catches for 30 yards i probably wouldn't have been that crazy about it but man mm-hmm. did they throw to him a lot yeah um they did you know because he was open you know and so yeah obviously i don't think the browns linebackers are that great so that's probably part of the problem but you know i thought well they do you know, have again, some issues <laughs> they definitely was looking that way so uh so yeah so i mean other than that like you said the the run the, the, the tight ends you know darren waller's look great again the amazing thing is, like you said, is there there hasn't been that many that have been back to back weeks that consistent. So this has always right. been the problem with the tight ends is that you know they're scoring a lot of points, but you know like Higby, twenty eight points this past week, catches three touchdowns. Week before you had like you know three for forty. So that's the kind of stuff you deal with with these with these tight ends is you know one week, big week, next week, you know. They might yeah, play against a different team, know. different scheme, and they go three for thirty, and you're stuck with six points again. So and we're streaming tight ends like kickers now, buddy. Yeah, right. Exactly. If you could figure out a way to do it, so you know who who at the right time, place at the right time. So, well, Jeremy, hey, bud, thank you so much for having me on. This 45 minutes has blown by as it always does. Um, you know, again, I really appreciate you. And you know, fun, if we man. have to do thank this you. on Thursday night again, we'll we'll definitely. Uh, hit you up. So why don't you tell everybody kind of where you're at, what you're doing, your dynasty stuff, and uh, then I'll take us out and we'll wrap up another fantasy football consistency show. 
Yeah, right now, uh, Dynasty Trades HQ podcast with Mike and Shane. That's my baby. That's the big thing. We do. Um, we have a, a patron account. We do a couple shows a week, a uh, special show for the patrons. Uh, check us out. We do a lot of Dynasty Trades, obviously, all kinds of other stuff. It's a lot of fun. I also have a little pet project that I put on hold, I think, since May that we're going to fire back up. I think we're going to record tomorrow. Um, it's called Off the Rails, Off the Rails Dynasty Podcast, and we really do um, take it off the rails pretty quickly. Have some analyst, uh, analytical guys, you know, metrics guys on there, some mm-hmm. you know, football guys, some tape guys, uh, me moderating, and we just really get into get into it. Usually tackle a, an interesting hot take or two, and uh, just kind of tear it up from every angle. It's it's good fun. So you know, check those podcasts out, and uh, you'll see me on Twitter at Dynasty Madman. I was gonna say at. <laughs> <laughs> Good man. All right. Well, as always, you can find me at Bob underscore Lung uh, on Twitter. And you can find me, of course, at Big Guy Fantasy Sports. All the articles are up for the week, the weekend reviews, the waiver wire ads from David Gatteri. Uh, he's doing a great job for us putting out. And once, you know, he's doing it based on consistency, which is pretty cool if you haven't checked it out yet, uh, Jeremy. Uh, he's kind of looking at the consistency of the players that might be on the waiver wire. So obviously week two, you know, not a lot of consistency to work on. But as as weeks go, he's going to kind of highlight those guys that are kind of flying under the radar, maybe getting 10 to 15 points a week. You know, not yeah. the big, big guys, but the guys that are, you know, putting up a little consistency that might help your team that is going unnoticed by your other guys because they're all looking for those one-week wonders that everybody goes and jumps all over and then... Is that new? Is that new? A new that segment? is new this year, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah I was going to yeah, say, David, I don't remember that. I will check that. I didn't know. Yeah, David uh, hit David up uh, in the preseason and, uh, you know, he kind of helped me out. So, as always, thanks everybody for having me. Thank you, Jeremy, for being a part of this. 